We're learning how to pray for those praying in the last days. We're learning how to pray for those people that are still in bondage, even though maybe sometimes they're born again, spirit-filled. But just like Lazarus, when he came up out of the grave, his hands, he was tied in his hands and feet. And Jesus said to those around him, loose him and let him go. And so that's what we're learning to do is to uh, the people in our lives. We're working off of the basis that this could be the end of an age, that we could be moving into a transition. And that's one of the things, you know, that uh, that really is a part of my heart is the fact that uh, Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen built an ark for the salvation of his household. And that's what we're doing. We're building an ark for those family members that maybe aren't saved or even if they are, they're not in their destinies. And we're learning to pray. And we've we've gone over our outline where we've established uh, our uh, we've established our motive. Remember, why are we doing this? We're not doing it for that person. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the glory of God. Because when you see Jesus on the cross, he deserves to get glory in all of our lives. I think about that sometimes when I see people on the street. God never intended human humans to live like that, humanity to live like that. We were created in his image, and he, he wanted us to be... Um, we have destiny in us, and it's just a lack of teaching and sometimes rebellion on our parts that we don't fulfill that. But that's what we're praying. We're praying like this is the end of an age, and things are going to start happening, that deep darkness covering the earth, and that we need to, uh, we're, we're apprehending our family members. We're apprehending those people in our circle of influence that we can uh, make an influence with and praying for them. Our church is on a hundred day challenge where we're praying for somebody new every day. And so it helps you to target that person. And if you have never experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues, I just encourage you in that direction. Um, you may have been trained that it's of the devil or something's wrong with it, but I, I promise you it's a gift from God. It opens up all the other gifts of the Spirit, and um, I just would not want to, like they, they had said, don't leave home without it. I would not want to uh, live in this earth without the gift of the Holy Spirit and being able to pray in other tongues, because when you don't know what to pray, you can pray in other tongues. And um, it causes things to happen quickly. So <clears throat> we're establishing our motives uh, to, to bring glory to God. We're locating any obstacles in the way. You know, remember Jesus said uh, to uh, whosoever shall say unto the mountain. So obviously the mountain was in the way to getting uh, his what he needed to get done. So there might be mountains in the way, and that's why you've prayed for years and nothing's happened. You've not seen a victory because there's something in the way and God's waiting for you to ask him and then move it out of the way. Uh, we Sometimes we've been deceived into thinking that we ask God to get the devil off our backs, but he said, you cast out devils. So that's our job is to cast out the devil. And so... Um, we can go and ask him, how do I pray over this person? How do I pray over this situation? And he will give us the wisdom to know how to pray. And we'll, he'll show us what obstacles are in the way. 
and then we move those out of the way. I, I see, the way I see it, my vision of things in this area is that it's like a plane landing on a runway. You know, there's a prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, John the Baptist fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy about uh, pulling down the high things, raising up the low things, making a straight path for the glory of God to be made manifest and all flesh to see it. So um, the, if a plane was going to land on a runway and there were obstacles, say there were big logs in the way, well, you've got to move those out of the way so the plane can land. And God's glory and the power of God is like that jet airplane wanting to land. And he's wanting to get that power to us. His power is always on. His healing is always working. God is always on. But we have things in the way. And that, so um, maybe one of our times together, we'll look at the different obstacles that could be in the way. So we want to move the obstacles out of the way. We want to pull down strongholds and find the right strategy uh, to pray for that person. Uh, you know, in fact, um, this was new for me. Just, Lord, what is your vision for that person? And uh, then set our minds on that with him. Come into agreement with the Holy Spirit and let him guide us. Let your helper help you. We're going we're gonna to look at him uh, more closely in some future uh, lessons, but and then we establish our focus. We have to stay focused. I've always said that I think the the biggest reason for unanswered prayer is unfocused faith. And I know that any time that I uh, made a decision and stuck with it, sought the Lord and made the decision, sought the Lord and stayed with it and stayed focused on it, um, I've gotten what I've asked for. But usually sometimes you go into the prayer room, you get all emotional over your prayers and you pray and you even get a word from God and it's just wonderful. And then you walk out of the room and you kind of forget what you did. You don't even, you don't ever get back to it and you don't remember what you did. And so it's important to, if, if this is serious, if, if it was real, if God really spoke to you, then let's hold on to that. Um, I think it's important in a church service when someone speaks out a word from the Lord and if he's saying, praise me, then we need to stop right then and praise him. We need to take it serious because he's, if, if we don't take it serious, then he's not going to take it serious with us. So when he sees that you're serious about it, he will, um, <laughs> I'm remembering a time when he corrected me once and I was in a prayer group and I had been working with this person on a retreat and um, I was sort of the helper and they were the leader. And so every time uh, we would decide it, it's a go, we're going to do this retreat, it's going to be really good. It's, we had a high level of faith for it and everything. And then the next time I'd be with that person, they'd be saying, oh, I, think, I think we maybe ought to cancel it. I don't think anybody's going to come. I think we might ought to cancel it. So I'd, I'd lay, lay all my faith down. So then the next time I'd be with them, they'd be up and ready to go. So I'd pick my faith back up and get with them and stand with them. And the next time I'd see them, they were at a low level of faith. So I'd drop my faith because they dropped their faith. And so finally, I, I, and I, I was praying in other tongues and finally, uh, I, in my mind's eye, I saw myself 
following this person and they'd cross over to the street and they walked down the side and then they'd cross over to this side of the street and then they'd cross back over to this. And I was trying to keep up with them. And finally I said, I wish they'd make up their mind. And the Lord said, I feel the same way about you. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But he wants us to, if, if he, if we'll make up our mind and make a decision, decide what you're going to believe for, decide what you're doing. I mean, do it after you've researched and after you've asked him about things and you've prayed about it. But once you make a decision, stick to it and he will meet you there. That's the thing. He was, I was following this person and it was frustrating me and he was showing me how he felt because I kept changing my mind about things. You know, one minute you're going to believe for whatever and the next minute you forgot about it and so let's not get distracted <clears throat> and let's stay focused on what we're believing take it seriously act let's just act like the bible's true let's pretend like the bible's true if it really is true and it means exactly what it's saying then we can trust it and the last time we looked and if you didn't hear it go listen to the one on goodness from last week the goodness of God and how good he is. And that's what we can trust in and rest in, that he is a good God. And, you know, I always felt like if he had to wake me up in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning and shake me to get me to hear him, he can do that. And he will do that because I want to hear him. If you want to hear him, he will see that you hear him. And I've told you before the time when he said that uh, I was putting more confidence in my inability to hear than in his ability to speak. He is, he is a big God and he knows how to speak my language in a way that I can hear him. He knows how to speak for me. And then we locate the obstacles. We pull down the strongholds and we obtain a strategy. We establish our focus and deal with the distractions. Remember, the devil is going to come in to distract you. He has got to get you off of the focus of the principal part of operation here. He's got to get you off his back. And if there's demons involved in that person that's part of the block, the obstacle blocking the power of God, then they're, they're not wanting to leave. They've been living there and, and developed habits in that person for a long time. See, devils want to manifest and they need a body to manifest in. So that they need human bodies to manifest in. And so they're, uh, they're looking to influence us. And when they see that we'll pick up their habits, then, then pretty soon they're going to come and take up residence and build a nest. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, I might, I might, let's see, how did he put that? I might can, I might, I might not be able to keep the birds from flying over my hair, my head, but I can make, I can make sure they don't build a nest in my hair. <laughs> so that's what we want to keep the, make sure that the devil st uh, stays out of our business. Amen. So <clears throat> and then we stir up the gifts in us and we'll get back to the Holy Ghost and, and those kind of things a little bit later. But we need to allow him to lead us. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And then we enter into his rest. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things about faith does this and faith does that. Faith speaks, but faith eventually rests. God spoke his word into existence all through Genesis 1. 
and then he rested on the seventh day and called it holy. So um, there, the, it, faith is not really released, actively released until you enter into the rest. And I think that's where we, um, we probably get our wires crossed. And that is that um, we keep praying, we keep asking and we never do. It's kind of like in bringing our tithe to the storehouse. We keep tithing and giving, but we don't bring in our harvest. And so we keep asking and asking and asking, but we don't enter into his rest and just receive. And I think that's where we get our wires crossed sometimes. So we want to learn how to do that. And the way you receive, this is where you receive the power of the tongue. That is where the power of God is released. And um, so we're going to look at entering into his rest and to to see here uh, in in um, why do we want to do that? In Exodus, I want to read you from Exodus chapter 31. Um, what, what was it you said about my bottle? I said, um, if your Bible is torn up, your life isn't. Oh, my grandson's over here. He said, if my Bible's torn up, my life isn't. So my Bible's torn up and my life isn't. Well, that's good. So in Exodus chapter 31, it says, Say to the Israelites, truly you shall keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you, set you apart for myself. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes shall surely be put to death, for whoever does work on the Sabbath shall be cut off from among his people. Now, we're not going to be put to death, but you know what? Our spirit man dies out. The works that we do will be dead works if we don't honor the Sabbath. So we, everything we do <clears throat> should, be because the, should be honoring the Sabbath because it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you and sell you, set you apart. And he um, said that the, the nations around them Uh, would dishonor God because of our behavior. And so when we, that's what I see is that that's what God is wanting to see his church do is, is walk in that Sabbath rest. Um, because, and that's where the release of the resurrection power is, is in that Sabbath rest. You had to labor to get there. But once you get there, it's a Sabbath rest and it's a holy thing. And it will, it, you talk about evangelism, it, it will be tangible what we will manifest. I knew a lady once years ago and I was sitting next to her at a women's ministry luncheon. And she had a tangible anointing of God's peace on her. I mean, it was like you sat next to her and you just almost wanted to slide out of your chair because she was so, she carried such a tangible anointing of, of God's peace. And that's what that resting will do. And when other people are living in the darkness and uh, yea, deep darkness and the evil that's come up on the earth, the first three names that God revealed of himself 
as he unveiled himself to mankind throughout the Bible. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide and see to it. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer and our physician. And Jehovah's uh, Nissi, the Lord our banner or our protection. He, those are three basic needs and he revealed his name to us in those. If we can get those things down and hide out in that hiding place and live in that land with him, we will be such a testimony to the people around us because they're living in anxiety and fear and worry and all kinds of fears that, that just generate all kinds of problems. So um, we want to make sure that we labor What's the labor? The labor is seeking God, seeking the scriptures, staying in the word, speaking the word. That's a part of my labor is to speak the word about myself. Lord, I just thank you that I'm patient and kind. I'm not jealous, arrogant or boastful. I don't act unbecomingly or seek my own or take into account a wrong suffered. And you may take you may choke while you say that because you don't see that in yourself. But like the Holy Spirit would say, give me something to work with. You speak that about yourself and you give him something to work with and he begins to start making that come to pass. And pretty soon you're sitting there thinking, wow, I didn't even react to that. I used to would have reacted to that. So uh, that's how we make this transformation. We're being conformed into the image of Christ. Amen. So, uh, he calls it a holy thing, and it's a testimony to the people around us that he is our God when we enter into his rest and we honor the Sabbath rest. And um, I've always loved this scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It's come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and travail, and I will give you rest. Uh, this is the message translation. I even remembered that scripture from growing up in a denominational church. That was the only thing that I remembered from growing up in the denominational church. But, but that was alive in me because it was the living word of God. <clears throat> but this is the message and it is really neat. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't you just love that? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. See what grace does. Grace is that substance that, that gets on that person, I guess, gets on the, on the inside of us and turns us towards righteousness, strengthens our heart and and if, and if our heart's leaned in this way, it'll come in and strengthen our heart and turn it into the righteousness of God. It, it, it energizes us and creates in us the ability to do what's right. And that's what grace does. So the unforced rhythms of grace, he wants us to learn to rest in and trust in God's grace working in us. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to us in abundance so that we require no aid or support, but we're sufficient for every good work and charitable donation. I love that scripture. He said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. And that's what 
So as we learn to enter into his rest, we'll next time we'll we'll, we'll look at um, maybe we'll look at um, where Moses was calling out to God again in Exodus chapter thirty-three, where Moses was calling out to God, "Show me your glory." Cause me to see your glory. That's a good question because sometimes the glory could be sitting right next to you and you wouldn't know what it was. So, Lord, we're just going to close off today asking you to cause us to see your glory. That when when your glory's in the room, that we will know it. When your glory's talking to us, that we will hear it. When your glory is manifesting, we will see it and we will know it. Cause us to see your glory, Father. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. See you next time.